Kia ora whanau and welcome to another episode of Get a Job and Get Healthy with Costas Enterprises. I am your host, uh, Alex Costas, and I just want to start off the episode by saying a massive thank you and I'm really, really happy. Uh, you won't believe it, but um, I have cracked my 500 listens that I talked about last week. Um, someone or some people, I had 34 listens on Sunday, which shocked me. So I'm actually currently, I just checked it, I'm sitting at 512 listens uh, compared to 400 and, you know, uh, 70 odd last last week, 473 I think I was on. So I just want to say a, a massive thank you. Um, I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, uh, whether or not one of you just went through and, and listened to them all again, or I've, I've picked up new listeners, or whatever, um, you don't know how much I really appreciate that. Um, so I thought in honor of hitting 500 and going over 500 listeners, uh, listens, sorry, not listeners, listens, um, I, because of this podcast was originally made for the three you know, originally it was get a job and get healthy. And then it sort of became also talking about the passive income. Um, today's one, we're going to talk about sort of three separate things. Uh, one to do with recruitment, one to do with um, uh, getting healthy, um, and one to do with uh, the passive income. So we'll start it off with um, what I'm actually doing right now while I'm recording this podcast is we're going to talk about the healthy part and I am on my plant-based mission that I am doing um, and I'm currently cooking a some future meals. Um, for those that do know me, know that my mother is quite sick uh, and has been for a while. Uh, one of the things I am doing is we have actually switched her, my partner and myself, uh, we are switching her to plant-based meals as well. So I'm currently cooking her next couple of meals. Because um, unfortunately the frozen plant-based stuff is, I'm going to be honest, it's not the easiest. Um, and the the pre-made meals are mostly curries, which doesn't work when you're someone like me or my mum, who we don't really do spicy. Um so instead, what we've gone for, what we've opted for, is things like the the meatless meatballs and the chicken chickenless chicken nuggets and and um, chicken tenders, those sorts of things. And then we heat them up, and then um, the people that come and look after my mother when I'm not here, uh, they basically go and uh, they will heat up the meal um, as well as you know, give her some veggies and all that sort of stuff as well. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about that. Um, over the last sort of two weeks, given I'm trying to do the plant-based, I've discovered some very nice recipes. Um, one of which is, and when I say recipes, I basically mean putting it in the oven or putting it on the, um, uh, putting it in the uh, microwave or something like that. So um, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about those and, you know, the alternatives and, you know, being a, a meat eater normally, um, what I recommend, what I don't recommend. So first and foremost, um, there is, if you were based in New Zealand, 
uh, we have a brand of plant-based stuff called Let's Eat, um, which is the plant-based golden nuggets, is what they call them. Uh, delicious wheat and pea protein nuggets, lightly coated with a crispy tempura butter batter. Um, I'm going to be honest, out of all of the stuff that I've had, this is definitely the tastiest. Um, they resemble chicken nuggets pretty close. Um, the other things that I really, really enjoy are the, uh, now these are American, and they're called Gardein, G-A-R-D-E-I-N, um, deliciously wheat-free, uh, meat-free, sorry, uh, the meatless, classic meatless meatballs, uh, which is an authentic blend of aromatic herbs, brings an Italian accent to every meal, just add sauce. Um, I will admit these are really, really tasty, um, and don't really taste like falafel, which is good because I don't really like falafels, um, which is funny considering falafels is pretty much a meat alternative. Uh, the next one also from the same brand, the Guardian, is the fishless fillets. Now I'm going to be honest, the fishless fillets, um, uh, I had them after I had the golden nuggets and I I really like the golden nuggets. Um and the fishless fillets didn't really taste too much like fish to me, um, let alone the texture. They were nice. Um, I I have recooked them since, um, and I think that was part of the problem as well, as I did not cook them long enough. I did not cook them so that they get crispy, um, which is my problem. So they look a, definitely a lot better now that I've cooked them again. Um, to go with my meals and stuff like that i've also started having kumara hash browns from the cool gardener um vegan friendly gluten-free made here on the capity coast of wellington uh in new zealand uh certified vegan nzef uh vs sorry um they're, they're, they're quite nice um i myself don't like kumara now for those that don't know what kumara is uh for those possibly in america it is sweet potato um, I believe you guys call it. So, kumara is a sort of potato substitute. Now, of course, I am still allowed to have kumara. Um, uh, I am still allowed to have potato as well. Potato, potato, however you say it. But when we were looking at the back of the packs, and uh, there's something that we've started to do, uh, when we were looking at the sugars, of course, potato is a carbohydrate. Uh, yeah, uh, as you can imagine, the hash browns that I wanted to have, or the hash bites, which look like those little hash bites you can get from Burger King, which I personally love. Um, yeah, there was a lot more sugar in those than I really should be allowed to have. So when we found the Kumara hash bites, um, definitely a lot lower in sugar. Um, still really nice. Um, but yeah, it was one of those ones where I sort of got to liking the taste and, um, managed to demolish a couple. Um, you probably could cook these also in the toaster. I know some people do try cooking hash bites and hash, uh, sorry, hash browns in the toaster. Me personally, I'd probably stick away from that. I'd rather cook them in the oven or on the grill. Uh, now I have tried this time to do a pan based one. Um, they don't seem to be coming out the way I want them to, but. Oh, I'll cook them a little bit longer and hopefully they get a bit more solid and crispy. 
another thing that we've been having as well with the meat-based stuff is a lot more noodles, um, a lot more soup, a lot more rice. Um, I personally am not a big noodle soup person. I, I like my noodles dry. Um, another thing that we have done as well is... For those that live in Wellington and in Miramar specifically, there is a Thai place um, which used to be in a pub or a bar, as you might call it, um, which is called The Cutting. Uh, It's right next to our New World, which is one of our supermarkets here. And there's a Thai place called The Long Thai. And I got to admit, For me, out of Wellington, this is probably one of the nicest Thai places. And it's funny because, you know, it it looks rough. Uh, It's it's in a pub where there's a lot of drinking and all that sort of stuff. Um, But the Thai food's always been quite nice. And usually I would get the pad Thai. I know, I know, I'm not a very, you know, spontaneous person. I get the most basic thing that you can get there. Um, And usually it would be a chicken or a beef or, you know, all of the meats. Um, but this time I tried the vegetarian option, which had tofu and sauce and, oh, it was actually really, really nice. And for the first time in my life, I could only eat half of the pad thai. Um, I felt quite full with the veggies, quite full with the tofu. Um, I've also tried some tofu, uh, when it comes to cooking, some tofu sausages, um, which... They're not bad. Um, they look weird. They don't feel right uh, when you grab them. Uh, but then when does pork really feel the same way? Overall, um, my veggie intake has definitely increased. Um, I'm nowhere near 90% meat-free yet. Um, and, you know, dairy-free and all that sort of thing. I have had... I have had things like little ice creams and I've had milk and I've had uh, those sorts of things, but I have definitely reduced it quite a bit this last two weeks. Um, and I might have had, you know, a couple of bits of ham and a couple of bits of chicken. Um, but overall, I would say I'm about, at the moment, 80% meat free. Oh, sorry. <laughs> meat, uh, 80% plant based, I should say. Um, it has been an interesting change. Um, I am noticing changes on my body. Uh, weight check. I am. I checked myself about two weeks ago, and I was one hundred and twenty-seven point six. At last count, about two days ago, I was one hundred and twenty-six point three, uh, which is not much. It's a, it's a drop of about a kg in two weeks, uh, which is not too bad. Uh, other things I've noticed is energy. I have a shitload more energy, um, and that has also kept me up at night when I've been awake and going, oh, yeah, yeah, i got to do something, um, which is weird. Um, overall, I, um, and I will talk about this a bit more in my print-on-demand part, but I've started to be a bit more creative over the last couple of days. Um, I've been thinking a lot more, focusing a lot more, um, not getting as distracted. So that sort of thing has been quite interesting. Um, apparently my, uh, from my face, uh, people were saying that I, uh, my face is looking better. 
Um, not that I have like breakouts or anything like that, but it's looking slimmer. Uh, I personally don't see it because I look in a mirror every day, so I don't really see those sorts of changes very often. Um, I have started to I have started to tell my friends that I'm doing plant based. Um, for the ones that listen to this podcast, they already know, obviously. Um, but it has been a bit interesting where they're like, oh, so can you not do a Barbie now? I'm like, no, no, I can, I can, I can. I just got to bring my own food. Um, and I'm not going full vegan, like, oh, I can't touch, you know, my meat can't touch the meat of the other meat people. You know, I'm not doing that sort of shit. I'm keeping it real. Um, you know, you don't go to a barbecue and expect a, a cordoned off section where you can't have, you know, uh, a, a completely meat-free section of a barbecue. That's not going to happen, like, you know, unless you've got two separate barbecues and, you know, the others cook on their own one. So, um, overall, uh, I'm going to keep going with it. Uh, it it's been pretty good. Uh, I ended up walking down from... So, for those that don't know, I walk... Uh, I, I currently live in Brooklyn, uh, in Wellington, and... I walked down the hill, um, which is about, probably about three k's, um, uh, down to the, uh, the bottom of the, the, the bottom of the Brooklyn Park, uh, Central Park, which, yeah, that was, uh, interesting, and I was quite surprised I was able to do it quite quickly, um, uh, I, I'm hurting today, uh, <laughs> like, uh, I'm very sore, I find it very hard to walk around. Um, so my body is still adjusting to the changes, but overall I do have the energy to, to keep me going and also the motivation to start working out and going for a bit more of a walk rather than taking that lazy way. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep going with it. I'll keep you guys updated every, every couple of weeks about it. Um, I don't want to focus every single podcast on, oh, well, plant waste, I did this, 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 but I just thought as I'm covering off this part of this podcast for the 500 listens um i do want to address that you know for me it is it is starting to work i am starting to feel better um i am not going to advocate everybody to to just go plant-based just go plant-based bro just go plant-based because you have to discover these things on your own um it took me what 38 years to discover Maybe I don't need to be the guy that eats meat all the time. Um, maybe I don't need to drink all the time, all those sorts of things. And that has taken me a long time to discover those things. Um, but overall, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling better about what I'm doing and probably will keep trying to do it. Um, so second factor, uh, get a, getting a job. Now, for those that don't know, uh, in New Zealand specifically, I don't know how it is around the rest of the world, but... People start looking for jobs now. Um, in the month of January, sort of end of December, people start recruiting. Um, not so much hiring people. Usually the hiring people, especially government jobs, which is where I originally work, um, you'll find that there'll be this huge slew of people putting in applications right before Christmas, uh, but nothing sort of gets done for a couple of months uh, because people come back. There's a whole lot of stuff that they have to deal with. And the recruitment part is usually put on the back burner. Um, however, in the same vein of that, you will find, uh, and this is for a lot of people that are trying to find a job at the moment, um, you will specifically find a lot of 
applications starting to go up now of what it is that you're actually needing to apply for. So if you are looking for a job, now is the time to start focusing. Uh, go onto those websites, read the job descriptions carefully. Um, if you can do 80% of what is listed in the job description or more, apply for the job. Uh, especially if you really do want to leave your current job or if you're in the system where you've just maybe you're fresh out of school, maybe you're fresh off the off the unemployment benefit um, and you want to get into a job where you're going to make a bit more money uh, or maybe you're just in a job that you're not happy with. Now's the time to start looking. Um, now granted, you, an argument could be made, well, there's jobs going all, all year round. Y- yes, there are. Um, but specifically for New Zealand, for those people that are sort of looking for a job around here, now is the time when a lot of the employers start to try to fill positions that they lost last year, as well as bring in new positions for new, um, for the middle of the financial year. Because most people, the financial year is sort of June to July. So 30 June to the 1st of July. Um, or sorry, 1st of July, should I say, to the 30 June the next year. Um, specifically government usually is, but then there's also some businesses usually start right on January. So if they're going to do recruitment, they do the they do the budgeting, they look at the things, and they start looking for jobs now. Um, now, as I did talked about previously, with the other um, in the in the same vein, you will get some people which uh, their financial year will start from now. Um, and so they will be recruiting all year round. Um, it also depends on the type of job that you're looking for. Uh, but one thing you will find is there will probably be a bit of a lull uh, in jobs. Uh, so you may not find as many jobs sort of from February to about June. Um, that is because uh, newly graduated students will start to apply for jobs around now. Um and they'll sort of get, they'll take a lot of the part-time jobs to start off with, especially if they're sort of still looking for a job within that field, um, or they're still studying within that field. They try to start to look for things like work experience and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, so you may find it a bit harder to get a job after sort of February. Um, stick with it. There will still be jobs being advertised, but they just may not be in the role that you're wanting. And if there's one bit of advice that I can give everyone here is, don't go into the job thinking, oh, I can only stay here. I've got to stay here for life. If you feel like you need to move on because you're not happy with the job that you've applied for and, and you think, you know what, I'm not actually happy here, you can start looking at other places. Um, just be mindful of the contract that you sign. So if you're in a fixed-term contract, um, maybe you've you've been guaranteed a job for two years, check the clauses that you get in there, which there might be something like a release co- contract, clause where you may be required to provide like four weeks notice or you may be required not not able to leave your job for a certain time period before getting your job um, before you can apply for another job so before you do start applying for jobs think about that sort of things if you are in that sort of position Um, most times and for most people there's usually a two week to one month buffer um, I do err on the size of caution. If I do leave a job, I usually do leave it a lot earlier. Um, so, for example, I will if I know I've got a job and I know that I'm going to apply for another job, um, I give my employer the heads up like, hey, look, I'm actually looking for another job. Just giving you a heads up. Now, 
I have a good relationship with my employers usually. Um, if you don't have a good relationship with your bond or you don't really want to let them know, that is fine. You are allowed to do that. Um, that is in your prerogative, of course. But at the same time, do be mindful that you are basically going to then have that interesting conversation where you're like, oh yeah, sorry, I applied for another job. And even worse, if the employer that you've currently got is one of your referees or your references, um, who then has to explain, oh, I didn't know they were looking for another job. Yeah, they currently work for me now. Okay, I'll go ask them, shall I? Um, and that could cause you just a little bit more um, embarrassment. So give your employer a friendly hands up. Hey, look, I'm not actually happy. Um, or I've started looking for a job within this. I really want to get into this field. However you want to do it, um, it's probably a good idea. That way you can actually call on them to be referees and they're like, yes, yes, I will agree to be a referee. Uh, I'm really happy to do that. And then you can get a bit more of an understanding of how things are. Now, if you're not going to use that employee as your referee, by all means, you don't have to tell them. Um, that is completely up to you, basically. Uh, as always, with your when you are applying for new jobs around about this time of the year, Make sure that you go through your master CV that we've talked about and tailor your CV and your cover letter to that job. Um, quick bit of advice when you do do your cover letter, I know I've talked about it before, but for those that maybe have not gone back and listened to the old podcasts, um, one of the things you should be doing is uh, going through and scanning the job description and checking what skills are needed. Now, make sure that when you're creating your cover letter, Nine times out of 10, the cover letter will match pretty close to what it is that you're actually applying for. So if they say we require someone that has this, this, and this, you make sure that that is in your cover letter. Um, a lot of people don't think their cover letter is that important. It is quite important. Um, and in some instances, uh, if you're dealing with an HR department, for example, um, of a greater, larger company, the HR department may not even look at your CV. So make sure that they both match your cover letter and your CV has all the jobs and, and skills that you need, that you need to show, that you can demonstrate the skills that the employer that you're is looking for. So if they say they want someone that's got good customer relationships, uh, maybe they're a go-getter, a team player, whatever, make sure that that's in your cover letter um, and it's also in your CV. As I've talked about before, when it comes to the CV part, do tailor your CV to the job. Um, I like to put skills. Um, I have a if you go to my website you will actually see I have created a CV and a cover letter free template feel free to go there and download those uh, if you do want to support me you can actually purchase these from Teespring my Teespring site but I'll be honest I'd be rather you you get it from free if you listen to this podcast so head along to my uh, website costasenterprises.business.blog um you will be able to actually download those for free and see all of my steps on how you should be able to go to apply for a job. When it comes to interviews, um, nine times out of 10, make sure you've got your star examples sorted. Um, star examples are your situation, task, action, result. Um, and I always ad advise people to add an L, which is what they learnt from the experience. Um, nine times out of 10, the employer doesn't really care what your star example means, what they want to see is in your example, are you able to demonstrate the skill that they ask for? Now, in some instances, you won't have to worry about doing star examples. They'll just have a general conversation with you. 
That's a good thing. You want your interview to be like a conversation. That way, they can see what it is like for you to work with them and so forth uh, for them to work with you. Um, Finally, after that, what have we got? We've got the negotiation part. When it comes to negotiation, um, I want you to take some time. Um, think about one, do you need to negotiate this pay? Are you worth more? Um, two, what about your hours? Think about are you doing hours? Three, do you currently have a job? If you don't have a job, in my view, don't worry about negotiating. Um, get the get your foot on the door first, especially if you're a new if you're new to the workforce or you're new to the particular type of job that you're applying for, do think about taking what is there. Um, I say that with my hand on my heart because I do know that there are people that are there like, well, I'm leaving this job to get more money. You might be leaving this job to get more money, but if you're starting in a new new field or a new job completely, then you need to be able to go, hey, can they pay me what my worth? If I'm fresh at this job, how do I prove that I'm going over and above what it is that they're already offering me. Um, overall though, um, start your new day with a bright smile and and start your new job with the same. Uh, know that if you've already applied for the job, you've gone through, you've checked everything, and if you've done everything that we talk about on the website, um, then you'll know that the reason why you're applying for that job is because you can do that job. So therefore... Make sure you do do that job. Do it correctly. If you've got problems, ask questions. Um, if you find that you clash with someone in the office, you know, try to take out your take your time and work through those. Um, don't just let it go for no particular reason, um, especially if it's a job where you can see yourself being in the future. And finally, we're going to talk about print on demand now. I have been, as I said about my plant-based stuff, um, I've had quite a bit of clarity and quite a lot of more motivation and drive. So because of that, in the last sort of 48 hours, to 48 to 72 hours, I have put a real push on myself to start creating more designs. Now, I am specifically creating these designs for my Redbubble, um, Teespring, I was looking at my listings and also looking at my audience views and I haven't really had anything in the last, oh, probably about two weeks. And so usually it's been like one, maybe two, maybe three. So I thought I'm going to try and focus a bit more on Redbubble because being realistic, that's where the money is coming from. That's where I've earned the most money so far. Um... So I've put a real push on what it is that I'm actually doing, creating new designs. Um, and what I was doing is I was watching a video from Shimmy Morris. Um, if you guys are on your print on demand and you are sort of trying to follow who to follow, um, there's a couple of people you should follow. Uh, one is Shimmy Morris. Um, he was talking about the trends that are upcoming so far and it's pretty smart, actually, because the trends that he's talking about, uh, there's about five trends, six trends, and he actually sets a little goal for people to make sort of three to four designs of these particular trends over the next week. 
Um, now, I'll tell you right now, I'm not doing that. I have created a couple of designs, basically one design for each individual thing. Um, but what he's trying to focus on is he's trying to get you to think a bit more about evergreen and a bit more about how you can create those designs, um, which can be used this year, next year, 20 years in the future, whatever. Um, and so I've tried to create a few more like that, but also some designs based on what it is that he's talking about. Because the ones that he was showing off on Redbubble were looking, I'll be honest, a lot of them were pretty shit. Um, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I can do better. And I've tried to create some of those now. And with that, what I did is I also created some Facebook, uh, I created some Placeit um, model ads with the some of the designs that I created. And with that, I've just launched a Facebook video um, with about three, four designs that Facebook has automatically generated for my business, um, which was pretty good. And so that is going to cost me. Um, and I figured it's going to run for two weeks and it's going to cost me about 60 New Zealand dollars. Um, that is assuming that people click through. Now, I know I've previously talked about I'm going to cover Facebook ads and all the things. Once I've done this video um, and I've, it's run the two weeks, I will probably do my podcast then. Give you a bit of an idea of what the, the differences between the Facebook video versus the Facebook um, placement ads versus the Instagram ads, all those things that Facebook has done with those uh, ads and how much, you know, did it equate to any sales? Well, I can tell you right now, the previous sales, no, it didn't. Um, that's that's not a thing. So hopefully this video does a little bit better. Um, but one thing it has done for me is it has actually uh, shown people to my website. Now, the difference between these Facebook ads and the other previous Facebook ads um, was previously it was only actually going to my Teespring. I've actually decided to drop the Teespring link from my uh, from my Facebook group um, and dropped it actually to the Redbubble. So I'm very interested to see how much traffic will go to Redbubble now uh, because of this. And because it is Redbubble, does that mean that I'm actually going to start to get a few more uh, sales and so forth? So yeah, I, I started creating some new designs and... Um, most of the designs, I'll be honest, are to do with love because, of course, very shortly, Valentine's is coming up. So why not start creating stuff for that now and try to earn me a bit more money for that? Um, and I think one of the one of the designs is about Valentine's unicorns, which is apparently a thing. Um, so I created a Be My Valentine unicorn um, and then created the uh, Facebook post about that as well with the, the models and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I've thrown up some other draw, uh, other ones as well, uh, in regards to what he was talking about, as well as also what I've seen on other, um, like Ryan, um, uh, he is a big Amazon FBA sell seller, uh, Amazon merch seller, uh, and he does a, if you do not follow him, you need to follow him. Uh, his passive income guy, just type in Ryan passive income uh, or Ryan uh, Amazon, merch by Amazon. You'll see him there. Ryan Hogue, his name is H-O-U-G-E, I believe. Amazing. Um, he puts out a lot of content and he helps you quite a bit. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I'm quite surprised by it. Um, but what I have been noticing is I've been trying to get my drawing better. I've been trying to get my writing better, trying to style a bit more, trying to do things a lot more than what these other people do. And also trying to look at what it is that I am designing and what can I turn from one thing to many. Um, so for a long time, I've probably only had about 49 designs total on my on my red bubble um which for a couple of months that's actually pretty low um but they've all been my own designs and you know realistically i'm doing this as a part-time i wasn't actually focusing that much on designing and more doing about what i've got based on what i got what can i do how can i market that and so forth whereas now I'm trying to get back into the designing and the marketing at the same time so uh I also posted in Ro uh, in Ryan's um, guy uh, in his Facebook group today uh, or yesterday. Sorry, I, I posted my uh, images saying, "Hey guys, give me some feedback about this." And one of them gave me some really good feedback about one of the designs, and I'm really really happy uh, because ultimately I want to make sure that I'm creating designs that people are going to be like, "You know what? I actually want that. That'd be cool." Um, and hence why I'm trying to get this all sorted. Um, but another thing that I started to do, and I literally started doing this earlier today, um, was I noticed that there's not many jigsaws out there. So I thought, hey, I've got a lot of old photos of New Zealand. Um, and when I say old, I mean sort of, you know, six months, a year, that sort. And they're all landscapes. I take a lot of beautiful photos, um, if I do say so myself. Um and so I thought, hey, I'll throw those up and I'll make those into jigsaws. Now, here's a healthy safety tip for those that do try to do this. Make sure that if you are creating jigsaws, that you have created an image that is the pixel size for jigsaws, which Redbubble offers. I did not do this. Um, and mine, I usually do my pixels at 5,000 by 5,000. Uh, the Redbubble jigsaw one is like 9,630 by, you know, 6,400 and something. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember this, the second one, um, the second part. But what it did make me do is I did start doing things like, okay, I've got these photos. I don't want them to appear on too many clothes because I know they're not going to look good because um, they're going to look stretched and they're not going to look very pretty. But I started going through and creating a template of how I want to create some of these designs and and just re-upload those photos and just go photo, 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 and they're already going to be added to a collection um, and so forth. So what I thought what I could do with these photos is not only the, do they could they be potentially like, you know, canvas prints or wood prints and um, coasters, but they could also be clocks. They could also be, you know, uh, draw bags. They could be spiral notebooks. So all the things that I usually add my designs onto anyway, but this time I thought, hey, these could actually work. And so I set everything up and I started creating templates based through Redbubble. Um, now, for those that don't know how to do this, it's actually a lot more simpler than we thought. Um, so usually when you go add new artwork, um, it comes up with two big boxes. And the first side is, you know, add new, add new artwork, which is on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, it says go to Manage Portfolio, uh, click on the cog and go uh, copy copy settings. And for the very first time, I actually did that. And I was shocked at how quick it made it. Um, 
it took me longer to create the images in Canva, uh, like by uploading them and then putting them in a place and then changing the place name, than it was to actually create these new settings and new templates. Uh, now, of course, you did have to create new tags and all that sort of stuff as well with Redbubble, but as some of my images were of the same sort of area, so for example, I did some, uh, there's some photos of Wellington, there's some photos of Tolaga Bay, uh, there are some photos of Queenstown, and of course Taupo, or Topo, should I say. Um, and I was quite pleasantly surprised at how easy it was just to keep all of the settings of what it is that I've previously done. So the photo uploads um, on the t-shirts and the uh, dress and the wood prints and the scarves and the tapestries that I think the design's going to be quite good and look quite good on, it automatically updates those for us um, as soon as you add the new artwork. Um, meaning that the whole process, instead of being, you know, a 20, 30 minute process per item that you do as you go in, as what you should do is go in and actually adjust each product that you're going to get so it doesn't look crap. Um, if you've done that once already, you can basically do that for every single one. Now, I would only suggest doing this with things where you're creating things in certain packs. Uh, so for example, if you've got one design and you sort of center it, it's not going to be huge. You could effectively do the same. Then you don't have to spend as long changing all the things that you need to do. Uh, but the fact that it also adds it to a collection, uh, it only selects the one that you selected, like face masks and so forth. I was very, very shocked at how easy it was and how quick it was to do this. Um, I will try doing it with some of my other um, designs in the future. Um, I am still uploading some of these tonight, and I will be. Uh, but another thing that I started doing, which I noticed a lot of people are doing, uh, is in my Canva, I started looking at um, what can I turn into stickers. Now, usually you buy a sticker for like $3 on Redbubble or or it can go up to like $8 or whatever it is. Um, and people up their sticker price so that they can sell more and all sorts of things. Uh, but what I notice some people doing is they take their design and they're putting like three or four different stickers on the one um, design that they've created, meaning that these people are getting like four or five stickers for that price. So I have just created three sticker sheets, um, which I intend to create a lot more. And I'm going to have like a stickers section. And so all I will enable is stickers and probably magnets as well. And then if people want to cut out the magnet, they can cut out that part of the magnet and so forth. But yeah, it's been a very, very illuminating last couple of days with my print-on-demand stuff. Now, has that resulted in any sales yet? No. I'm going to be honest, no new sales. But I've only uploaded it like three days. So I'm not expecting any traffic until... Probably a couple of days. Um, I have had a couple of people on Facebook hit me up and say, hey, look, that was really, really cool. Um, one of my old childhood um, friends that I went to school with uh, hit me up and told me about a design that he really, really liked, which was funny because out of all of the people uh, and all of the, the designs, I would never have picked that person liking that particular design. Um, and we had a little convo about it, and no, it was really, really good. Um, so... All I can sort of say to that is market it 
all of your stuff to everyone. Um, you will you will be surprised at what people actually like and what they will um, respond to. Uh, that say that said, I'm not going to be like you know everyone should be doing this and you should be doing this. You guys are creative. You guys are listening to this because you're creative. So take those creative juices and just start running with them. Um, it's a new year. Uh, we've all been through 2020, so there's still lots of you know thank God 2020 is over sort of stuff coming out um, with uh, what people can actually write and all that sort of thing. But at the same time. Um, look forward. Uh, I, myself, because I am now doing the plant-based stuff, I will probably try to create some plant-based designs and try to create something in regards to that. Um, I, I am going to really try and double my, uh, double my efforts. And hopefully by next week's podcast, I have over a hundred designs and I'm not just talking about the scenic photos as well because the scenic photos I've got about well there's about 15 there already so I'll be close to a hundred designs now uh, but I wanted to duck those and try to go over a hundred designs of the new ones and then just keep pumping them out um, I don't want to create these ones where you know it's like born in 1982 I'm a legend born in 1983 I'm a legend which you can create those um and do each one for each particular year and yes that is a design that will you can add and it can be added to your thing um at this stage i want to create more original designs um and if i do create something like that uh, i'll probably generalize it more like born in the 80s or born in the 90s or born in the thousands um but i do usually try to stay away from that in the most part um I think I tried it on two things and I never got anybody even look at it. So it's one of those ones where, yes, people do love them. Uh, they do sell and they are evergreens, meaning that anybody can buy them at any time of the year and they're probably going to do well in that respect. Um, but I do want to try and do create my own designs, get my creativity, creative juices flowing and, and just, you know, splew them all over the way um, so that it all gets out of my head onto digital paper uh and then uploaded and then someone can order something now i have actually ordered two um things from redbubble myself um i've previously ordered stuff from threadless uh ordered stuff from teespring and i haven't really done redbubble so i'm going to be very interested one of them is a t-shirt so um i will probably upload on my instagram uh, which all my details are on my website uh, if you want to join my Instagram, you're more than welcome to. And you can actually have a look at my designs. Or you can go to my Facebook group, um, which is also in my on my website. Um, and then, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm doing. And then I'll probably have that design up there and I'll be really, really happy. Because if you are on the print-on-demand thing and you are actually trialing this stuff, do buy something for yourself. Um buy one of your designs because I can tell you right now when you put on something that you've created you get a really really cool sense of accomplishment like I can't believe I did that you know I'm wearing that design I'm actually wearing one of my Teespring t-shirts right now which is my um, ghosts and spirits don't mix which <sighs> looking back it was one of my first designs and I thought it was funny as hell and looking at other people like what the hell is he wearing um has made it interesting 
Um, so I probably, you know, now that I've been in the business a little bit longer, I've done a little bit more designing, I've done a little bit more digital art, I probably wouldn't go in the same vein as what I'm wearing, but I gotta admit, I quite enjoy this. Um, it's one of those cheeky sort of ones that I've got, which I personally find funny. And if I find it funny, I know someone else will find it somewhere, funny somewhere. Now, whether people will wear it like I do, well, you know, that completely entirely up to them. But given that, uh, you know, I can now get that out and wear it and be like, yeah, I wear this. This is mine. I'm, I'm happy I did that. I'm looking forward to having another T-shirt um, where it's actually, I'll tell you right now, it's it's my The Breakfast Club uh, T-shirt, which is, of course, a play on the famous Breakfast Club 80s movie, which I love uh, among all of my other 80s movies that I absolutely adore. Um, and it's not a copyright infringement. Um it's not a, you know, there's nothing like, I'm not taking Judd, Judd's fist in the ear or anything like that. It is um, kind of in the same vein as what I'm doing my stickers, I'll be honest. Uh, I am doing my stickers as kawaii stickers because, you know, there are some on uh, Canva which are really, really cute. Um, and so I personally love them. And... I decided, you know what, I'm going to put these on uh, a thing, and um, the, uh, it's basically a whole lot of breakfast foods uh, with Breakfast Club, but using the Breakfast Club's colors, not the font. Uh, when you're doing these sorts of things, make sure you stay away from using fonts, because um, some fonts are, of course, copyrighted. So, for example, things like Cadbury and Coca-Cola and all those sorts of ones, you want to stay away from using those fonts uh, otherwise they will come after you uh, especially if you start making money off them uh, because they are tra trademarked in the first instance um, other than that I just again want to say a massive and huge thank you so much for the 511 listens if I listen next week and I see that they're like 530 and 550 I'll be <laughs> shocked uh, but for now, um, I am so happy with what it is that you guys have given me, and this this is a probably the best New Year's gift that I can say um, I, I have received. Now, in the next couple of days, I hope to uh, be creating a new blog post on my website. I know I haven't created any blog posts in a while, even though I keep directing people to go to the blog. Um and it's actually going to be a keto bread recipe. Um, now, this keto bread recipe is completely different from uh, the keto bread that you can buy in the stores. Um, the one that you buy in the stores, especially over here in New Zealand, um, is it tastes like cardboard. Um, it's it's built like a brick and tastes like cardboard. And it's about ten dollars, uh, which is really expensive for bread. Um, my loving partner found this recipe we started using it we just use it in a normal bread baker um and oh it is really really lovely um so i'll explain that probably in the blog post i might have a uh, a bit more of a in-depth talk about it a little bit later um might even speak speak to you guys and tell you what it is um i of course I don't think I can do the Jamie Oliver like, oh, you can do over here. You know, I know that's a horrible Jamie Oliver. I apologize, Jamie. I apologize. I know you're listening to this, obviously. Um, 
uh, as well as every other celebrity that uh, I talk about, probably uh, listens to this as well. So, you know, doing well, guys, doing well. Um, I know, I'm rambling now. I apologize. Okay, people, um, I just want to say thank you again. I love you. Um, please hit me up, doncostas at gmail.com, D-O-N-C-O-S-T-A-S at gmail.com. Give me some ideas of what it is that you want me to talk about. Tell me some plant-based recipes. Tell me some uh, tell me some print-on-demand ideas that you want to try. Do you want to know about anything in particular? I want this to be our community. I want you to be my Fano. My Fano is my family. Uh, for those that always go, what does Kiora Fano mean? It means Kiora means hello family. Um, Kiora is a Maori greeting over here. Um, it, it can be used as a hello, a goodbye, a hi, a yes. Um, we use it pretty, pretty lovingly. Um, and so, Fano, you are my family. You listen to me. Um, a lot of you are my friends. Um, and for those that don't know me personally. I feel like you get to know me more through these podcasts, more and more. Um, so until next week, make sure you look after yourselves, be safe, uh, focus on your own goals, not not New Year's resolutions, goals. Um, if you decide to go plant-based, good on you. If you decide to do your print-on-demand, good on you. If you're going for a job, good luck. Um if you need any help, if you need any questions, if you've got any questions, please contact me. Um, until next week, I love you. Look after yourselves. And as always, good luck.